So right off the bat, I have, since our last episode, come up with five, five things I should have mentioned in our 20 recap. Well, let's hear so them. I'm going to shout them out really quick and then we can move on. Okay. Those items are The Good Place had its finale season. Oh, yeah. Stranger Things season three was this summer. Oh, damn. Yeah. The Mandalorian. Duh, that's on my list. Damn it. Oh, we didn't even talk about The Rise of Skywalker. We didn't. <sighs> we didn't. That wasn't even one of my things. That's a sixth one. Can't believe we didn't touch on it. I just saw that movie yesterday. Anyway. Uh, uh, I have it on a list in front of my face. So <laughs> <laughs> There's too many wonderful <laughs> things happening. It's such a great time to be like consuming media. Uh, fourth, The Witcher. Oh, Henry Cavill, right? Uh, yeah. That's the one. I read an article and it was talking about like how he's so ripped that his muscles kept ripping his costume and they had to keep like sewing him new costumes. Not even lying. <laughs> I read it on the internet, so it has to be true. Good Lord. I mean, this <laughs> is kind of a, a tangent, but I've been reading recently about how all of these like overly muscled media bodies like this is starting to cause a lot of um, body dysphoria. Do I have that right? In men. Which makes sense because it's huge. I mean, like, if you look at all these guys, we're just talking about Thor and the Avengers and all sorts of things. I mean, it's a very specific body type and it's not possible without like a specific trainer and someone planning all your meals and keeping everything extremely controlled. Yeah, but I mean, like, as women, we've known about this for, like, decades and decades and decades. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Welcome to welcome to life as a female. <laughs> right. Welcome to what every 11-year-old girl ever finds out <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, and then the fifth thing I was going to call out real quick was The Lighthouse, which is a more artsy, black and white, horror, weird thing. Uh, but I highly recommend it. It was one of those things that I've seen, like The Lighthouse, but I have no idea what it is, but I'm going to watch it. It's horror, like creepy. It's like, it's fantasy horror, I would call it. It's it's very creepy. Okay. I definitely want to watch that. And yeah, we didn't talk about The Rise of Skywalker. We'll have to do an episode and talk about that because if I... Not even Star Wars is its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Not even we'll, talking we'll about like Kylo Ren, but if I get off on like an Adam <laughs> Driver tangent, that's like our episode. Like I'm done. So, um, I'm in for an Adam Driver episode. Totally. I had like an Adam Driver chat with girlfriends last night. It's like one of my top conversation pieces at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm five ten. So anytime a dude is like. Six three or taller. I'm like, of course, I pay attention. Which that sounds terrible. I'm like having like some like Adam Driver thirst on the podcast here. Um. Anyway, I don't even know if I use that word right because I'm not cool. But 2020, new decade, <laughs> new decade, fresh start. What's what's coming up? What are you excited for? Um. Well, there's lots of things, but. <sighs> Like, I'm such a hot mess. I have a, like, I see stuff and I'm like, oh, I want to see that. I want to read that. And then the second it's not in my, like, exact line of vision, I forget. 
But I did remember that there is a new Harley Quinn movie coming out called Birds of Prey that is like completely female cast, uh, the main character led or whatever. I, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, there's like no more Joker, I guess. It looks really good. I watched the preview for it just a minute ago because I had heard about it. And I was like, wait, is that next year? And it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like the kind of movie that you would want to go see with like a group of girlfriends and like have drinks before you go see it and just have a good time, you know? Yes. And well, the subtitle of this movie is The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which should tell you right there just how zany they're going with this film. But I think it's also going to have a lot of the gritty darkness that the previous movie had with Harley Quinn. Yes. Well, and I'm glad they're going that way because I feel like if it tried to take itself too seriously, it would lose some of its charm because objectively, like looking at Harley Quinn's story, it's actually very sad. You could really go in a different direction with that character. But I love that they've just kind of leaned into like the zany aspect of it and making like this fun film with her that she's just over the top and bad but in such a great way (laughs) yeah yeah like just embracing the the weirdness of it and having some humor about it I think it's going to be freaking fantastic yeah Margot Robbie and it's some really good diversity in here too which geez we don't see enough of so like Rosie Perez, Ali Wong yeah Black Canary um I'm I'm I don't think they've had a movie with Black Canary in it I could be wrong I don't know a lot about DC. Um, so I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think so. And like, they do her pretty well kind of touch and go in the, uh, the green arrow TV show on CW. But I, I, I think you're right that she's not made it into any movies yet. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that's going to be fantastic. That's one of my top anticipated things for the coming year. What you got? Okay. So also, did you know that they're making a movie adaptation of The Witches by Roald Dahl? No. What? Yes. No. I've talked about this before. They are? They are. And Anne Hathaway is going to so be excited. in it. Like, I don't know what it is about this, but it's so unexpected to me. And I love it. You have to go watch the one from the 80s. I didn't even know there was a, the, a previous version. Yeah, yeah I, that's the, the thing I'm talking about. Like, whenever I'm like, you remember that movie about the witches and they turn the kids into mice and like they oh, step on the them? Witches. And, <laughs> it's The Witches by Roald Dahl. Yeah. Oh, it's got Angelica Houston in it and it is so perfect. But I'm so excited for a remake. We should do like a, a live tweet of the old one and then go see the new one. We really should. I watched it, I guess, a year or two ago with my kids, and it pretty it holds up. It's still pretty scary. It's still pretty terrifying. Amazing. It was one of those movies. I was very, very young when it came out, but it, you may say scarred, but I say left an impression <laughs> on me that I still remembered it, like whole scenes of it, like in my 30s. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I rewatched it with my kids, and I was like, no, I didn't imagine it. It is definitely that weird, <laughs> but it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. Amazing. And then... It's got Anne Hathaway? Anne Hathaway, yeah. That's all I know. Okay. Is she like one of the witches? That is my understanding. I wonder who she is in it. 
If she's like the, the head witch, the Angelica Houston witch. Oh, that would be great. Okay. I'm really excited. You made my day. Yeah. Yes. 2020. And then okay. kind of in the same vein as that, uh, there's going to be a movie series, I believe, of Fear Street. So the R.L. Stein novels. What? I read all of them as a kid. So yeah. Holy crap. This is just better and better. Your research is way better than mine. I'm like getting so excited. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> well, I had to do I did do a really intense deep dive into all of the book to film adaptations happening in 2020 for Book Riot. So if you want even more than this, you could go check that out. Maybe we'll link it in the comments again. I'm just throwing this around like we can just remember all of this later. I don't know why. I'm being very cavalier with our linking in the notes. But if we forget hit us up. We'll get it out there. Um, but yeah, so, so that list helped me a lot and helped me, uh, find a lot of things I wouldn't know about otherwise. Cause I had to find everything. Um, um, another thing I didn't realize was happening next year is why the last man is getting a television adaptation, which is an excellent comic series. Okay. Do you know that? I, you know, I don't. I want to be a comics person. I really do. I wasn't sure if I did like over talked about this one to you before. Um, I know I've done it on a few. No, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested though. Do tell. But so the fun thing about the, why the last man is the entire premise of this series is everything with the Y chromosome has been like, like just suddenly died. And so it's this post-apocalyptic world where, it's all women, except this one dude survived for reasons no one can figure out. Huh. Okay. And so you've got women, like, just de facto doing everything. And there are these badasses, and they're running armies, and they've got big guns, and they're, you know, they're doing everything, obviously. But it's like The Walking Dead, but just women and no zombies. It's just people just trying to make people. it in a poke poke apocalyptic yeah. post-apocalyptic world. world but it also really just by default of the premise exposes all of these areas where women have not been allowed in fully yet and so um like all of a sudden there's certain areas where most of the people who do that are gone because we've just not been letting women in. Uh, and so that's not like the focus of it ever, but it's all just woven in as part of the world because that's how our world is. Right, right. And so if you just take away all the men, this is what it looks like. Um, so it's really interesting. And then it never quite takes itself too seriously. I read the first volume and was just in love with it. Per usual, I'm behind because I'm trying to consume, you know, everything all the time. But it's really fantastic. It's by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra, who are an incredible team. And I'm a huge fan of Brian K. Vaughn from Saga, which is another comic book I know I've talked to you about, and also Paper Girls. Okay. So he does a lot of really fantastic female characters. You know, he's a white dude, but he does it very well. So we'll give him a pass. Right. Well, um, you know. And he does it. He's, he's just thoughtful like that very consistently and creates really fantastic stories that go in some really zany, twisty places and just really incredible worlds. I would endorse 
everything I've read from him. So I'm excited to see where the show goes. Awesome. Well, there's a book I'm excited about. I was kind of digging around because you know how like you hear things and you're like, oh, I'm so excited about that. I love it. But we, like you said, we're inundated with so much information and so much intake all the time that unless it just like really sticks with us or like we constantly see it, sometimes it just disappears into the the gray area of my brain and then and then like I'll see something else and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm a huge fan. Like if it, anything has gothic premises in it, it can be traditional gothic. Like you can be on like the, you know, the English Moors, I guess. Like it can be very um, Heathcliff and Catherine Wuthering Heights-ish or Southern Gothic, just real dark. Like anything that evokes that feeling. Like even that movie that came out several years ago that was pretty terrible, Crimson Peaks. I went and saw that with my best friend and we were Stop. That was not terrible. We were the only two people in the theater and we were like screaming out loud. I loved it. Like, but everybody like hated on it so hard. I was like, nope, my kryptonite. But did they hate it or did they not know about it? I don't know. A lot of people were like not loving it. But it was good, right? It was fun, I thought. It was it was great. I loved it. It was super goth and I love uh, Mia Wasikova. Mm-hmm. who's the girl in that movie. And then, of course, Tom Hiddleston. And, um, oh, I'm blanking out. Shoot. Oh, I forgot about him being in it. Okay. He was the guy. Yeah. 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 Then, no, um, now that you say that, totally. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I have seen a few times over within the last month or so, um, people calling out Crimson Peak as one of the most underrated films of the decade. I loved it. I mean, I really liked it, but I just thought everybody else didn't. So I was like, well, what do I know? You know, I like what I like. And sometimes, you know, it's hit or miss with everybody else. Well, a new, so anything with Gothic in the title, although that typically evokes a very specific feeling, I'm very excited about this new book from Sylvia Moreno Garcia called Mexican Gothic. And the cover, I'm looking at the publisher's website right now, penguinrandomhouse.com, and the cover is gorgeous. It is just gorgeous. And it is basically everything that you would want in your gothic novel, an isolated mansion. Um, this one is in the 50s, a brave socialite drawn to its treacherous secrets. Um a letter, a newlywed cousin begging for someone to save her from a mysterious doom. Like it's just got everything. And I am very excited to see, um, see this new take on it. That sounds great. And I'm sure, I'm sure this isn't like, I'm sure there are Mexican Gothic stories or Latinx Gothic stories, but this is be the first one that I've read. And it's really the first one that I've just heard about, um, I guess, mainstream. So that's great. That's great. And I'm really excited for it in 2020. That sounds really fantastic. Oh, and it comes out in uh, June. Oh, dang, June. For a second, I thought it said January. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to wait till June. Six more months. <laughs> Man. Well, another book that I'm really looking forward to that I didn't know was happening until I was researching for this conversation was N.K. Jemison's next book is coming out next year. It's called The City We Became. Yeah. 
So uh, multi-Hugo winner, by the way. Um, you may know her from the Broken Earth trilogy, the first trilogy to ever win like the book of the year top prize Hugo for every single book in the series. Oh my gosh. Wow. Badass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Lady knows what she's doing. And um, I've not read the entire series yet because, again, I'm behind on everything. But I read the first one. Uh, and it was incredible writing. It was incredible characters. Uh, just a little puzzling sometimes, but in a way that was very clearly deliberate and intended to make you wrestle with it. So I think I may even read that one again before I get any deeper into the series, um, just to digest it a little bit better. But highly recommend, and I'm so, so excited to see what she does next. Um, this book, The City We Became, um, sorry, I'm shuffling through my notes here to tell you a little bit more about it accurately here. Um, let's all sit here in silence while I find my notes. <laughs> Well, take a moment of silence. I will hum a nice tune for you while EJ finds her notes. <laughs> Please, by all means. Um, oh, you thought I was joking. But, okay, so the teaser here, it takes place in New York City, and it says, Every great city has a soul. Some are as ancient as myths, and others are as new and destructive as children. And it keeps going, but to me, that's just like, that's it. I'm in. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, that's exi- that's exciting. I'm writing that one down, definitely. Our to-be-read list for the podcast is going to be amazing. <laughs> I was going to say horrendous, <laughs> inexcusable, too long. Yeah, but, uh, but I'm excited for all of it. So what do you do? What do you do? You put it on your list and you hope for the best. <laughs> You buy them and put them on your shelf. You, you have faith that you will get to it <laughs> and eventually. And you feel guilty every time you walk oh by. So Doctor Who, you know I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. And I guess 2018, we got a new Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, which it was the first time we had a female Doctor Who, which I was very excited about um, to have a woman in this role because it's an alien that regenerates and it's always a new person. So there's no reason there's nothing in the rules that says it can't have a different gender or no gender or whatever, you know, like we make these as we go. There's like, there's no rules in Dr. Who, like it contradicts itself all the time. So I was really excited, but season one with Jodie Whittaker came out and I didn't love it. But here's the thing. You never love the first season with the new actor because you're so, you've grown to love the last one and everybody has like their favorites. So um, it took me forever to finish this. Like I haven't, I think her second series is actually out and I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it. So I think 2020, I could be wrong, but I think it's her third season. I'm pretty sure. So I'm hoping because a lot of times the third season with the, the new doctor, the new actor paying the doctor. It's usually like the one where they're really into their character and usually it's really good. And to be fair, the reason that I wasn't like digging Jodie Whittaker as the doctor really had nothing to do with her. I didn't like the way they costumed her. I didn't like the way they wrote her episodes. I just wasn't like, I was still a fan because it's one of those worlds that I'm so 
like I'm, it's been such a long time that I've been watching and I'm just so in it that even the ones I don't like, I kind of like. So <laughs> it's not saying anything bad. It just wasn't my favorite. But I have big hopes for 2020. I will let you know. Please keep me updated. Yeah, Doctor Who is something I've never quite been able to tap into the thing that makes people love it. But I'm always so curious. Like, I want to be a fan. So keep me posted. It's all over the place. And you kind of, if you're like, oh, I'm going to watch Doctor Who and see if I like it. And then you just watch the wrong episode. You'll be like, good Lord, what the hell? Because there, there's some, epi- like, it's just so vastly different. There are some that you're like, oh my gosh, that was really smart. And that was really well done. And it was scary. And I'm going to be thinking about it for days. And then there's other episodes that have cat nuns um, walking around. And so you just never know what you're going to get. Um, there's some really good ones. I'm going to make you a list of a couple to watch to drop them in. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll dig into that. Um, okay. So here's another thing that's about to happen in 2020. So one thing that really dominated, I guess the mid tens was the whole YA dystopia thing. So the first Hunger Game, the first Hunger Games book came out in early 2012. Yes. And then shortly on its tails, of course, we also got the Divergent series. So those were like massive events of the tens. And then, as I know all too well, having just written a uh, dystopian young adult novel myself, uh, it fell abruptly out of fashion as Trump came into office because, you know, I, I've read all these essays about, you know, dystopia now is just contemporary fiction. It's just everything's just too awful as it is. Um, but I think it's maybe going to swing back around because this year, both of those authors are coming out with new works. So Suzanne Collins is writing a prequel to the Hunger Games series. And that's coming out in May. Um, as far as I can tell, that doesn't have a title yet. And then Veronica Roth, who wrote Divergent, is starting a new series called Chosen Ones. And so this one, yeah, looks like another dystopian type of thing, kind of based near Chicago again. So they're kind of both returning to what made them big in the first place. I'm excited. And okay. you know what? I Well, I'm excited because I love a good dystopian. I do. Um and I think, yeah, it became very saturated, but it never really lost its fan base, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, every fad kind of dips in and then dips out again. You know, we've seen it with vampires. You see it with everything. Yes. And I think it's no different with dystopia. Uh, we did hit it pretty darn hard in that early to mid-2010s. So fair mm-hmm. enough. But I loved it then. I would love it again. Hunger Games, I still think, is one of the most artful, thoughtful, uh, best series from start to finish that I've ever read. Not to say it doesn't have a few things I would, you know, maybe edit, but I just thought it was so smart and thoughtful and wonderful. And Katniss is one of my favorite characters ever. And Peeta is my biggest, you know, uh, character crush. So I am thrilled to see her come back. (laughs) It was it was a truly great book. Like I, uh, it was one of those. Um, 
It was, yeah, it, like I said, I think in our last recording about something else, th- this was, it was truly a phenomena, phenomena, blah, 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 <laughs> phenomena, phenomenon. cultural phenomenon. <laughs> oh my God. What is wrong with me? I can't talk today. Um, like, yeah, totally. Like, but like even people that like had never read it or saw it knew what the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. like they got the reference, the Hunger Games, because it was such a big thing. So I'm really excited to see what she yeah. Yeah, uh, really brings us um, and this thrilled. year. Um, and actually, I just realized I've got a third big player from the original movement of that in my notes here for 2020 as well. Um, Tahara Mafi. I don't know if you know her or the Shatter Me, Shatter Me series, but that's been... I. Okay, so I okay. saw that. Like, I am familiar. I think I actually own the first one in the series. Like, mm-hmm. and, but you know how to be to be red pals are. So yeah. So so what you got? Tell me. I'm excited. Okay, so she's been writing the same series along with a bunch of other stuff that she's thrown in throughout this entire time. So she has the sixth and final full novel of the Shatter Me series is releasing in 2020. Um, so while the other two are kind of starting fresh or going back, she is finishing. And in addition to the novels, this has been pretty sprawling with a bunch of like intermittent, um, alternate points of view from other people in the cast novellas that have released only online. So this is a really big world. It's been a huge effort. It's remarkable that she's done all of this and, uh, it's finally wrapping up. So that's a big one. I think every book in this series has been a bestseller. That's exciting because I like just as a reader, not even with like my writer hat on, but as a reader to discover something like that, that is complete and know that you're going to be able to like dig in and have just all of this goodness to like dive into and not have to wait. I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah. And I have to say, I adore her. Um, this was her debut, Shatter Me, and I found it so unique in its voice, and um, it features uh, a female teen character who is simultaneously just incredibly powerful. Uh, if she touches someone, it's like the energy in her skin kills them. So this is, of course, a big dichotomy because she is also, as a result of this thing, extremely vulnerable and fragile as a you know, a human being because she has accidentally killed people figuring this out. Right. And so that has been a serious trauma. And then also, of course, she can never have, you know, contact with anyone. This is something that kind of evolved as she became a teen. So it's been ages since she's had actual physical contact and that has really kind of broken her down as well. Um, And that's like just the surface of it. Um, But then she starts to find a whole group of people. This is all in the first book, so I'm not ruining too much, but it comes into contact with this whole group of people of others who have various powers and they start teaming up and fighting other people and it becomes this whole thing. And that's a very, um, so it's not science fiction dystopia, but it's very much like a climate fantasy urban, you know, type of dystopia where people are developing powers and that seems somehow entangled with just mm-hmm. these terrible things going on in the environment stemming out from the whole hot burning mess that we have going on today. Well, people develop powers. It's like my favorite fantasy trope ever. So we 
putting it on. It's a good one. Yeah. And you've done it very well yourself. So uh, if other you know listeners like that type of thing, they should check out your series as well. Yeah. It's, it's a little, it's, it's different, but it's, um, I don't know. I don't know what is, what about that? Because not just, and like, I truly wasn't trying to like segue and get, um, a little free publicity for my series there. Like it truly is, uh, one of my favorite tropes. Like I'm well, but then you did it right. Cause you should write what you love. Love X-Men. I love like any, anything with that, um, with that happening, I am like a sucker. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe, I don't know if I like dove into it more after I wrote my yeah. book and like started kind of looking and seeing, you know what I mean? Oh, and I was like, Oh, okay. This is great. So do you have anything else for 2020? Do you know they're making, I heard they're making another Indiana Jones movie. I don't know anything about it, but that's what I heard. I, why? I don't know. I, into it. I, I don't know. Indiana Jones and the geriatric caper. I, seriously. Like, I don't know. Like, what are they going to I Whatever. I'm just going to push that one back out to see. I don't need it. Are you over it? Oh, <laughs> well, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull wasn't great. But too many really fantastic things are happening for me to want to go revisit Indiana Jones. I don't Jones, know. But... It's such a big part of my childhood. I can't lie. Like, I'll probably watch it. I'll pr- I, no, that's... I don't have huge expectations, but... Like the three, like, what is it? Indian, like, and, and they are like, some of them are so problematic. Like, it's just not even funny, but late eighties, early nineties, like watching those movies and like pretending to be Indiana Jones and wanting to be Indiana Jones and like wanting to be an archeologist because I thought that's what an archeologist did was like fight Nazis and get artifacts. Um, yeah, so I'm sure I'll see it just for that. And I'm sure I'll be complaining and be like, oh, well, it's not as good as it should have been, but. <laughs> Did you like the one that featured his daughter? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Indiana Jones' daughter. Because I really like the actress, too. And I don't even remember her name. Do you know which? Because it's been a while. I might can tell you. Hold on. It's a good time for me to start humming again. <laughs> Hold on. I think I can do this like the roundabout way because she was also the main actor in um, The Man from Uncle, which was also fantastic and I think is getting a, uh, a second film this year. So talk about underrated films. That was a definite underrated film. But we're going to circle back around here because I'm using IMDb. We're going to find this actress and we're going to go back. Maybe it was Laura Croft. I Hold on. But I don't remember Indiana Jones having a daughter. Maybe she was actually Laura Croft. Oh, wait. So the actress <laughs> is Alicia Vikander, who um, got her big break in Ex Machina, by the way, which was also stellar. Tomb Raider. Yeah, it was Laura Croft. Sorry, I take it all back. No, wait. Oh, no. I was panicking, but he has a son. I saw something else on her IMDb list called The Dark Crystal, and it sounded so much like an Indiana Jones film that I almost thought I was wrong. That's because the crystal skull is an Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's very Indiana Jones. I take it all back. All the last few minutes. Wait, the dark crystal? Like the dark crystal that 
Dark Crystal? I don't know. They, so did you watch The Dark Crystal as a kid? No. It's like very Jim Henson creature creature shop. And uh, it's it might not be that good. It might be nostalgic for me. But it was it was good. Like I loved it. There was like gelflings and like these these bad guys. I can't remember. They were like super scary. And they actually Netflix released this year um, a series based on it, like a prequel series. Um, and some people have really loved it. But I haven't had a lot of luck with getting through it. Mm. Nostalgia can only carry you so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> like I watched it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I love the like way everything looks, the aesthetic of it. But then I couldn't, I couldn't get drawn into it. Mm. Well, in other big 2020 news, uh, the next Wonder Woman film is coming out. More 80s goodness. And I've got a story on this one. Uh, If you've seen the trailer, you've seen that stretch of DC. Like they get that like money shot down to the Capitol where there's like all this wreckage going on all the way down the street. Mm -hmm. So they were filming that actually on Pennsylvania in DC. And we had no idea this was happening. So we just went down to, this was right outside the archives metro station to get some coffee at a shop we really like, Paul. And uh, we come up the metro and you can see there's like all this wreckage on the street before you can see anything else, like as you go up the escalator. And we were like, oh my God, what has happened here? Like, I was like, this is DC. Is there some sort of terrorist thing? Like, wow, we were on three stops of the metro. Like what's happened? And then you get up a little bit further and first you can see that all of these cars, like the taxis and everything are like mega eighties. And then very quickly you could see like the, the taped off area where they're filming. <laughs> it was like, oh. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Everything's fine. <laughs> That's funny. So we, there's a small town near where I live in Louis- so they film movies in Louisiana. There for a while, it was a really big thing. Like they had movie lots. They were opening. They thought this was going to be like the next big place for filming movies. I think they got tax breaks. And then, of course, I guess like we got a different governor. I don't know what happened, but that kind of got nipped in the bud a little bit. Um, but they there's still this town here where anytime you see like a small town Americana, there's a good chance it was filmed on the street. And I had to drive through this town to go visit my parents. Like um, they don't live there, but like I have to drive through, right? There's only like three streets in this town. It's really small, but it's so funny because several times a year, it looks completely different. Like they, like they have one thing, it'll be like, they turn it into a movie theater and all the movies have like names from like the fifties or whatever. And there'll be like a dance hall there. And then you'll go like three months later and it'll be like a bingo hall. Like it's the same building, but they will like change the signs out. And sorry, it was pretty hilarious. I did not know that was going to go to my computer. (laughs) What's in the record for all time. What happened? (laughs) Oh, good Lord. What? Um, Did you hear the ringing happening on my computer? No. Did I just make it worse? Okay. I think it was. (laughs) No, it's okay. Oh, no. Hello? We lost EJ, y'all. We're 35 minutes into our looking forward into 2020 episode. So luckily, we can fix it in post.
So I murdered the podcast. I apologize. I don't think you murdered it. I mean, you <laughs> slapped it around ground. a little bit and <laughs> taught it a lesson, but it's still here. <laughs> it's, it's still here and it's it. stronger yeah. for it. <laughs> I would actually look over my shoulder if I was you. Oh, <laughs> you know, pissed it off. Yeah, I, I think I did. I, it's fine. It started with some vengeance from my phone transferring over to my computer and ringing it like my phone. Someone called me and then it went into my FaceTime on my my computer, which I have to say, like whatever update my computer did recently has totally screwed me over. I hate it. But any 2020, wonderful things are ahead. I mean, and let's be real. We are not. Our day jobs are not tech. <laughs> You're a PR. I'm in the beauty industry. We write books. This girl's an English major. <laughs> this is telling you, right? Like, so 2020. So 2020. Another awesome thing that's coming this year is uh, Netflix is adapting Shadow and Bone from Lee Bardugo. And I heard about this. That should be pretty awesome, I think. I think so. So, okay. I have a confession. So I have always been obsessed with Holly Black and obsessed with like Lainey Taylor and these other fantasy authors. I have seen Lee Bardugo and I actually have her on my shelf, but I have never like just jumped in and like read any of her books for not for any reason, not for a bad reason. I just, there's so many good books mm-hmm. out there. Yep. And then I heard her, excuse me, I heard her on a podcast. I think it was on the Ride or Die podcast um, with Clarabelle Ortega, um, which is a really good podcast. And that interview makes me want to, like, read everything she wrote. She sounds so cool and, like, so down to earth. She's a really good interview. And I also really like how she does her email list because she really kind of cuts out a piece of her soul and gives it to her readers through her email list. So hot tip, get on that list if you're not already. And that's also how I know when things about Shadow and Bone and other releases are happening for her. It's really useful, but also really insightful. Um, And yeah, I would say this. Most of it's like really well done and fun, but standard YA fantasy. But if you really want to like level up and read something you will not be able to put down, Six of Crows, so freaking amazing. It's like fantasy with Ocean's Eleven. That's what I heard about. It's like a heist yeah. book. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I've heard about that I'm really excited mm-hmm. about. And then I've also been hearing amazing things about Ninth House, which is her most recent one this year, which we didn't even touch on. That was the 2019 I haven't gotten to. Um, but it's not young adult. It's adult fantasy. And it's all about like secret yeah. societies at like Ivy League type colleges. Yeah. I think she was doing an interview to promote that book. Um, when I heard her like on that podcast and it sounds awesome. It hits like all like checks all my boxes for stuff. I like like secret societies. And, um, she got the idea. I think she was at Yale. Is that right? I think that's correct. One of the Ivy league schools. Yeah. And she has just years went into this book. Like she had the idea for this book like years ago and like stewed on it. So, you know, it's going to just be like, there's just going to be layers and layers. Can't wait to read it. Uh, there. Like nothing's going to be flat. It's going to be really good. So I'm excited about that. Well, and then I'm going to bang, bang, give you another title that's very similar to that. Uh, V.E. Schwab, who's another heavy hitter in fantasy, of course, uh, has a book that she's been doing over for years and years and years and is finally releasing in 2020. I'm so obsessed with this. The Secret Life of Addie LaRue, which 
I'm just dying over. And so that one is about a woman who trades her soul to the devil to be immortal. But then the catch is that no one ever remembers her. And so she's just wandering through the ages, totally isolated, but unable to die until finally she comes to New York in a modern day. This boy remembers who she is. That's everything I know. I have seen, like, I've seen talk of this book. And, like, I follow the author on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook because I love her stuff. She is really good. And, yeah, this is, I think, I mean, I would never go so far as to say, like, oh, that's the book of someone's heart. But she seems like this book is a very important book to her. Um, just from the outside looking in, not that all books aren't to authors, but you do have those that are just a little bit more special to you that are a little bit harder to write and take a little bit longer. And they, you know, and from the outside looking in, like, I don't, I don't know Victoria Schwab, you know, never met her or seen her had a conversation, but just from following her on social media, it seems like this book is, is a special one for her. And that makes me want to read it that much more. Not that I'd like I already read everything she writes. Yeah. And I do have to say, yeah, like wholeheartedly endorse her as a human. I, I got to interview her for book riot at one point and I've seen her talk and do interviews a few times over. And she's always exactly the way she seems on social media, just fully present and honest and um, a little vulnerable, but also just very articulate and thoughtful. So she's always a a delight to see anywhere for me. She's one of the people I'm always excited for and always show up for. That's awesome. It's great when it's like that, when it's somebody that you respect and like, and then you meet them and they're like even better. It's so true. Oh, lovely. Um, But okay. I've got one more to throw out there and it's kind of the opposite, but this might be a hot take on my part. Okay. Give me your hot take. Dune is getting adapted again next year. I heard that. I heard that. What are your thoughts? Like, I could not care less about this. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I want to kind of care about it, but I just don't. I know it's a big deal. You know, like- Jason Momoa is going to be in it. So I might give it two seconds of a shot for that alone, but seriously could not care less. Some Jason Momoa. We can add in some Adam Driver. Then I'll go see it. <laughs> they seem like they should exist in different universes. Yeah, no, they should not be in the same place. That is a totally different type of something happening there. All right. Well, on that note, well, we took some twists and turns. We talked about some great books. We destroyed the podcast completely, and here we are. Any other? We resuscitated it. We resuscitated it. It did not die. It like any peak. good comic book character, yeah. nothing is truly dead ever. Not even a podcast episode. That, my friend, is an A-plus segue <laughs> right there. That is just, that is key. So I am excited for 2020. New year, new decade, lots of great stuff happening. Find us on social media. We are especially active on Twitter if you want to find us and tell us what you're excited about. Tell us what we missed. Tell us all the things. We would love to hear from you. Tell us why we should care about Dune. Tell us. Make us care about Dune. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say we would like send you some swag, but I really don't have any. So you just do it for the kicks. Um, I guess that's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got for right now. 
that's all I got. So till next time.